You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch. Sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. What I know to be true is that women were always meant to lead. And by shining a light on those doing it well today, my hope is that more women will find their own voice. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and it's so great to be back with all of you. Joining me in just a moment will be Athena Staten, and Athena is the founder and CEO of SheCare, and she's also the founder of her own nonprofit, SheCare. Uh, Athena has a really unique company for women in the market to buy a new car, and I'm, I'm so thrilled and honored to have her. She has a great, great story. As always, be sure to stay with us during the breaks where you'll hear from our exclusive watch team of on-air contributors uh, bringing you the latest expertise and news from their industries and we're continuing to expand our watch team and always looking for new women to be a part of the show so if you'd like more information uh, feel free to reach out to laura at womentowatch.net that's laura l-a-u-r-a at women the number two watch.net n-e-t and if you miss the live show you can always catch the podcast and sign up for our newsletter at womentowatch.net as well so now i'm thrilled and honored to have with me 
Athena Staten, the founder and CEO of SheCar. Athena, thanks for joining me. Hello, Sue. It is such an honor to be here talking with you today. I've been looking forward to it. And am I right? You're joining us from Florida? I'm in Orlando. You're in Orlando? I'm in Orlando. It's almost 100 degrees. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. We have gorgeous weather here today. This whole week, actually. We're lucky. That's great. Which is not always the case in Philadelphia. (laughs) I thought it was always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, well, if yes, there is <laughs> a show for that. Um, so listen, I, you know, obviously I want to start with your background. And um, what are the things I want to make sure I'm correct? Were you actually born in Maine and then yes. moved to South Florida? Yes. Okay, so that's a big jump and difference. Maine that's- to Florida. What took your family there? Well, you know, we my family was, my grandparents immigrated from Greece and somehow landed in Maine. So uh, we were there for, you know, a generation or so. One winter, my mom got sick and she just had relatives in Florida. And she, after two weeks in the hospital, she and my dad went down to Florida to visit some family. And they were walking after dinner and walked by a little real estate company with a picture in the window of houses for sale. And they said, what are we doing up in Maine? You know, Maine is beautiful and everything, but it is cold. Those are some hard winters. So this was in the late 70s. And that was in April. um, And we were moved in July. Okay, so you were were young. Yeah, how old were you? Do you remember? I, I was 14. Oh, you were 14. Okay. I was 14, and my father, this is my favorite, but this, was, this actually was a pivotal moment in my life because we moved there. My dad smoked Lark cigarettes. So um, we went into a Publix, and he needed a cotton alox. That's a carton of Lark cigarettes. But he, of course, ordered a cotton alox, and the girl <laughs> behind the counter is like, I'm sorry, what are you saying? Cotton alox. <laughs> That could be lox, that could be salmon, that could be lox for... Which, and of course, for a minute, I would have no idea what lox was back then. So that's anyway, so that's when I made a mental note, because the girl behind the counter didn't look much older than me, and she was mortified. She couldn't understand what he was saying. And he basically had to point at the carton of larks to get the cigarettes that he wanted. And yeah. I made a mental note right then and there. Okay, don't. Yeah, I mean, you can't really be aware of how you sound, you know, be careful here because yeah. everyone's going to know you're the girl who can't talk. <laughs> but I love that accent. I'll tell you, my mother-in-law's from Lewiston and um, oh, yeah, yeah she, she, I, I just love that accent. And actually, I thought camels were the cigarette, the go-to in the 70s. Camels. I well, <laughs> no, they were lax. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, so you were the youngest of three girls and, you know, I have quite a number of friends that The youngest, I think, you know, tends to be um, the one always trying to keep up, trying to do what everybody else is doing. And, you know, when I learned about your backstory, of course, I love the story about what you did to get the bike you wanted. Um, I think it says a lot about you. You wanted a brand new Schwinn 10-speed bike, um, which was $112, which is a lot of money (laughs) in 1975, right? right? And mom and dad said no. And tell our listeners what you decided to do. You know, I, 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 I had to have that bike, but I also knew it was up to me, right? So I was very fortunate. I had a grandmother who lived right across the street. Um, but, you know, it, 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 was, it was a matter of, if, if what you know, I'm going to have to earn the bike. So I don't know how it started, but I started doing odd jobs. 
So I, my grandmother had a beautiful garden. I'd weed the garden. I don't remember. I was trying to think of some of the other jobs I would do. Probably shovel snow. And um, But eventually, you know, I'd make about $10 a week in these little odd jobs. The bike shop was Ernie's Bike Shop in Westbrook, Maine. And I would go in every Friday afternoon with my $10. And I was very serious, you know, and making sure they had my $10, that it was recorded my $10. And I was keeping track. And eventually, I was able to get up to $100. Were you 10, I walked you in, about 10 years old? Fifth grade? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was fifth grade. Okay. Yeah, it was fifth grade. Yeah. Yeah, going into sixth. And uh, I mean, I remember so vividly. Now, in hindsight, of course, I see it from a different lens. And, and that really was an accomplishment to, to decide to do it. I think that no one necessarily thought I would complete the task. It was also um, a tremendous lesson in money, right? Yeah. Money is, um, we talk often about the fact that children should be learning about money at a young age and not just math in school, right? And I think we'd be so much better off as a country if people really, um, you know, learned about saving and investing yes. and managing their money. And you just took that on, right? I that was your I own idea. I just took it on. It just, it just didn't, it never really was a decision. It just was a necessity. Yeah. So I did it. And, and yeah, and it, and it really led to so many lessons. It does remind me, I have to just pause here because when my kids were young, I tried to get them to do the same thing. I had them, uh, I created Staten Home Services and it was a list and a, and the pay, you know, pay scale of what they would earn if they did certain things around the house. It never took off, I will say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was my first business failure. However, you know, nonetheless, I did try. Well, or did they give up? See, that's the thing, I think. I, my son said to me, Mom, you can't make everything a business. <laughs> well, you can, you know, I mean, yeah, if you right. have that, and you, you know, you did that. Um, tell me, tell me, what was your mom and dad's influence for you growing up? When you think about them and what, you know, what kind of values they instilled in you, what comes oh. to mind? Well, first thing is my mom. So my mom married at 18. She was barely 18 when she and my father got married. She was the church secretary. He was the church, uh, the president of the, not the church secretary, the youth group, youth group secretary. He was the youth group president, you know, one of those little cute romances back in the, uh, what, 40s? Um, anyway, they got married. She didn't go to college. She had baby number one, baby number two, baby number three. And then when I went to kindergarten, she decided to go back to school. So she started, enrolled in college, got her teaching degree. It took her, I don't really know how many years, but it took her years. And so when she, when I got to kindergarten, she enrolled in college and she would tag me along and I would sit in her college classes with my coloring book and I'd color as she was doing her, her work, her schoolwork. I was a class favorite, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that's such a great example from your mom of it's never too late. Right. Yes. For her to go back and do that. Um, listen, we have to go into our first break. And, and when we come back, I want to talk about your dad and your first job, um, which really kind of spurred your interest in cars. We'll be right back with Athena Staten, founder and CEO of SheCar. Stay tuned for our watch team. Now the women to watch Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Asthma, the most common chronic disease in children in developed countries. Symptoms include coughing, wheezing, 
chest tightness, or difficulty breathing. During an episode, small airways swell from inflammation and become narrow. You might think wheezing is the hallmark, but in many children, a cough might be the only complaint. In fact, asthma is often labeled as bronchitis and treated with cough suppressants, decongestants, antibiotics. Symptoms would respond better to asthma therapies. Suspect asthma if a cough lasts more than three weeks. It can be difficult to diagnose in infants and toddlers because up to half of children under age three cough and wheeze with colds, but many do not go on to asthma. The most common trigger for an episode is a virus, a common cold. We see clusters of attacks between fall and spring when viruses are lurking. Prolonged exercise can also cause symptoms, so many children limit exertion. But with appropriate therapy, asthma patients can participate in all activities, including sports at every level up to the Olympics. The single most common external risk factor for development and progression of asthma is tobacco smoke. This includes smoke from vaping. Passive smoke can linger in your home, but also your car or daycare centers. Other triggers include pollen in the spring and fall. In your home, look for mold. In rainy times, check for indoor dampness, flooding, leaks, and your home also collects dust. Symptoms can come from dust mites, cockroaches, mouse droppings, and if you have any furry pets, cats, dogs, rabbits, hamsters. Then look for fumes from paint, cleaning products, room deodorizers, space heaters, gas stoves, even your perfume. And if your child has frequent colds, ask your pediatrician if you can see an asthma specialist who might offer more specific testing. In addition, 30% or more children with food allergies have asthma, so you may need testing for food allergies too. This morning on Your Radio Doctor, we learned important information from Dr. Tyra Bryan-Stevens from Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Hear her life-saving facts about asthma and learn about her comprehensive Community Asthma Prevention Program. Listen to the show on yourradiodoctor.net. Remember, divas, in with the good air and out with the bad air. Now, the women to watch, Military Watch. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military and Veteran Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. Today, hundreds of thousands of fathers serve in the U.S. Armed Forces, and millions more are veterans or fathers of current service members. As we celebrate Father's Day this weekend, I'd like to talk about two special men in my life who've served this country in their own way. When I told my father I was joining the Army after high school, he was skeptical. He served in World War II, where he saw more Red Cross Donut Girls than women in uniform. A generation where he couldn't imagine women in combat or his daughter in combat boots. My father, though, prepared me for life in the military. He showed me what hard work looked like and supported me when I was frustrated and discouraged. He taught me to stand up for what's right and instilled in me the value of pursuing your life-fulfilling goals. When he attended my commissioning ceremony after Officer Candidate School, I could see the pride in his eyes. He became a trusted advisor and a great champion and, and supporter throughout my over 30 years of military service. And during those decades of long days and even longer nights and weeks and months away for training and deployment, I had an incredible partner by my side, my husband, Fran. One of the most underappreciated jobs in the military is being a military spouse. These are the ones who service members rely on to take care of the home, the children, and other duties when we are away serving. 
I can't thank my husband enough for being such an amazing father to our three children and teaching them, through his example, to be compassionate, patient, and resilient. And for my son, how to be a great father. So to all those fathers out there, happy Father's Day. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back. My guest today is Athena Staten, the founder and CEO of SheCar. And Athena also has a nonprofit called SheCare, which we're going to talk about later in the show. Um, Athena, you have to talk to our listeners about your um, your interest in cars and where they came from. I think it's so great that you're in an industry historically dominated by men, and you were just so comfortable in your, um, not only your interest, but desire to start your own company. So my question, I'm picturing you as a greeter in a car dealership, and I was curious, what do you think you learned about people from that job? You know, all kinds of people walking through that door. What? Wow, what a question. Because, you know, you had the people walking through the door. You had the secretaries back then. You had the salespeople. You had the sales managers. There were so many different roles. And I guess I kind of would learn that, that you know, people can actually, you know, you can compartmentalize. compartmentalize and, um, you know, everyone has a role. And when everyone works together in their role, you know, you can really create something. I also learned uh, the art of persuasion, the art of hard work. I could see who, which salesman, you know, the salesman I knew the least, and I don't remember his name, but I remember his image in my head, was the most productive salesperson um, that that dealership had. Um, He was pumping out, I don't know how many cars, but he was always working head down, always closing sales, always closing sales. Everybody else was, you know, kind of, you know, rolling along, having a good time. And that was fun because I was, you know, a young girl and I was around all these. Of course, they did not have saleswomen back then. And your dad was, your dad was... Uh, the uh, general yes. manager of that dealership? Yes. Okay. Yes, he yeah. went from Just... sales manager. He, he was in a bunch of different roles, but he was always in management. So it was cool for me because I am this young girl and I'm working around all these men and my dad is there. So I can't, you know, there's no danger. It was really right. a very comfortable environment. And of course, my dad not only always looked out for me, but he actually, he, he, we lost him a couple of years ago, but he had the best sense of humor my dad was just so funny. So um, it's interesting. He, he brought levity to any situation. So uh, about people, I really learned that we can all work together, uh, no matter how different our roles. And then particularly, you know, managed under a, you know, a good manager. I don't know. It just seemed, everything seemed to work. I had a few moments of when I'd see when, you know, about the job itself and I'd see the paperwork go through and it's still, I can still see that rainbow form where you have, you know, the top sheet is for the customer. Then you have the yellow sheet and the pink sheet and the green sheet, the, the white sheet, the top sheet for the customer was eight and a half by 11, but there was a longer legal size sheets on the, the other colors of the rainbow. And that's where the real information was about cars values. And I remember the first time I saw that because I had to take it over to a typewriter and type it up. And I realized the customer is not really aware of the actual purchase they're making. Mm. I couldn't do yep. anything about it. I barely uh, recognized it enough to know that was not really right. 
but that's the way it's done and it is still done today so i'm not yeah. sure if that answers your question but no it does and i you know i two things there i wonder um what it was about that gentleman that was the top seller what, he what was, was head it about down him? he was focused he was head down he was serious he didn't pal around but he was nobody's enemy he just was he was there to work and sell cars and make money and he right. probably at that time i'm sure he was making six figures at that time which was amazing money back then right <coughs> excuse me <coughs> excuse me so at that time athena was was that really when you decided um that the car industry itself was was in your future mm-hmm. because you started in publishing Correct, which was, yes. So, no, I really did. When I was applying for colleges, there was a, some colleges, I, I think it was in Texas, that was for people who wanted to go into the car business. And I, and I seriously considered it. Um, I ended up applying to colleges up and down the East Coast, and I ended up in a communications college, uh, Emerson College, which was another wonderful foundational experience for me. And one that I, you know, being in a college in a city was incredible. But I did consider going into the business at, uh, at that time. I saw myself in it. I saw myself working with my dad. Uh, uh, but, you know, as luck would have it, I was admitted to Emerson College and got a degree, a bachelor's of science in communications, which led me to public relations and ultimately publishing. Yeah. And what was your mindset at that time, choose, choosing communications, which was my major? And, you know, it was all about being in media and TV and, you know, a journalist, whatever that would end up being. You know, Emerson has a great broadcast program. But I, I was more in the written side. I was more looking at advertising and public relations as a field. Someone said to me, well, if you can make it in PR for five years, you can, you can, you'll be in it forever. So I took that as a gold. I stayed in for five years, and then I'm like, I'm out. This is not for me. <laughs> you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. <laughs> you wanted to run a company. I did. That's what you I wanted did. to do. As, really, did. as opposed to representing someone else, you know? I think so. I think that was always part of the plan for me. It just seemed to be right, you know? Yeah. Um, we're going to go into our next break. And when we come back, I want to go right into, you know, the moment that the idea came, which I believe included your sister 
yes. and a cocktail. Uh, <laughs> or two. <laughs> or two. Stay with us, and I'll be back with Athena Staten, the founder and CEO of Shikar. And stay with us for our watch team. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manzo from Pathways Consulting Group. Recently, I had the pleasure of meeting a team of students out of Texas that have been creating a new product called Trace Brace, and I wanted to give them some well-deserved recognition. The Trace Brace team is compiled of six diverse 17-year-olds from Westlake High School's Business Incubator Program. Their Trace Brace technology was created to give young women a way to communicate if ever they're in a dangerous situation. The technology is contained in a stylish bracelet that has three buttons that send text messages to your desired contacts. One button sends the message that you're feeling uncomfortable. Another says, call the police. And the last says, I'm okay. Along with the message, your contact will receive your updated location. Additionally, it pairs with an application that allows you to access past alerts, set maximum speed, and set a circle around your current location. It's extremely simple to use in a high-stressed moment, and it's durable. What's unique and makes it different from competitive products is that it doesn't require a Bluetooth connection, and it costs less than $100. This incredible team is also donating a percentage of their profits to an organization called RAIN, which is one of the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organizations. The TraceBrace team received $10,000 in a recent funding competition and was hosted on a podcast called Up Next Gen Z. I'm truly blown away by this team of innovative individuals and their creative use of technology. They're a great example of what happens when you bring diverse teams together to create a product. Higher gender diversity teams not only enjoy better returns, but companies that adopt gender diversity could more likely outperform companies that don't. Ensuring that there's a good balance of collective intelligence will strengthen the group's ability to solve problems, build solutions, and come up with ideas. It's certainly worked for Team Tracebrace. If you have an idea you'd like to share, email me at mary at pathwayscg.com. Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. Now, the Women to Watch, Nonprofit Watch. Good evening, Women to Watch listeners. I am Cheryl Mackey, Lead of Financial Empowerment at United Way of Greater Philadelphia and Southern New Jersey. Research continually suggests that higher education offers a wide range of benefits for individuals such as higher earnings, lower likelihood of unemployment, improvements in health, and greater civic engagement. When an individual graduates from college, their lifetime earnings double and the way is paved for future generations of their families to pursue the path to and through college. As the first person in my family to receive both a post-secondary and advanced degree, I can attest to the doors that opened for my family. Currently, I have three family members in education, a retired firefighter, a nurse, an attorney, three nephews, and a son who are enrolled in post-secondary education. Even my mother returned to school later in life. While the cost of college increases yearly, in 2020 and 2021 uh, academic year, most colleges and universities have refrained from increasing tuition costs to meet the economic needs of families during the pandemic. However, college expenses are still more than most low to moderate income families can afford. The College Savings Account Program through our community partner, Utility Emergency Services Fund, or otherwise known as USEF, helps low to moderate income high school seniors, college freshmen, 
and sophomores in the greater Philadelphia and Southern New Jersey region with incentive-saving matches that can build their assets and attain greater self-sufficiency. Students with dedicated college savings of $500 or less are three times more likely to attend college and four times more likely to graduate from college than those without savings. The Lubert CS program will afford recent high school graduates as well as those who have enrolled in college an opportunity to reach their goal of attaining a four-year degree. For more information, please contact Sarita Stanley at Sarita Stanley at U-E-S-S-A-C-T-S dot org or Sarita Stanley at USEFX.org or go to their website www.usefax.org. That's www.usefacts.org. I am Cheryl Mackey. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Having a great conversation today with Athena Staten, and she founded uh, SheCar, which is a company that helps women buy cars. Although I know that many of your customers are men, but this, you know, the uh, inspiration was to help women um, because it it's it's very intimidating and um, complicated. Um, and one of the things I think is you know really so wonderful about SheCar is the transparency with which you. Um, help women and let them see that second page, right? That that you were uh, describing earlier. Um, but let's talk about the when the idea spurred. Um, uh, I think you went to help a friend buy a car. I Your did. friend Jackie. My friend Jackie. I have, there's actually three Jackies in my circle of uh, close friends. It's Athena and the Jackies. But this one is... <laughs> and the Jackies and and I love them all to pieces but yeah so Jackie was in the market for a car and I just said oh yay and you know people look at me like really nobody <laughs> says oh yay so anyway I went with her and we negotiated uh she found a car that she really liked and um and so we got to the office and I was kicking her under the table and anyway we got what I think was a really good deal um and I went home that night after that particular fun experience and I don't know it just it was it sounds corny but I just thought she car you know it's just that whole she shed stuff and people are starting to use that terminology and um and then I saw Jackie the next day and I said I think I'm going to start a hobby or a business and call it Shikar and you're going to be it's you're kind of its godmother because you've somehow you triggered this thought and I think it's a good thought so that's yeah it started with one of the Jackies and since then um, the other Jackies are Shikar divas too so when you buy a Shikar you do become a Shikar diva or a Shikar dude and um, so now I have my Jackies and the Shikars but yet so that, I mean, your idea, I can picture you saying, I'm going to, almost like a consultant, I'm going to help women yeah. find cars, right? And really, um, and also teach mm-hmm. them, right? Yes. About the dollars and the numbers, and yes. there's a lot involved. Um, you and just, be confident. You know, it was fun yes. to be able to make that deal for Jackie and, and see her happy and confident with the process. Right. Um which I know is one of the things women get from it, because anytime you do something mm-hmm. that's not in your lane, 
and you accomplish it, that that's a little moment of empowerment to do something else, right? Absolutely. So you just launched in 2018, which is not that long ago. Correct. Tell, yeah. And what's really impressive to me is that because it was so recent and you were able to start a nonprofit, which um, provides cars for women who are um, struggling, right, and in need, yes. um, and the sales from SheCar funds SheCare. How yes. did you do that in such a short period of time? Well, I actually have my uh, middle sister, Kathy, to thank for that. She and I were out, okay, having a cocktail, and we were uh, enjoying a, let's see, it was a chocolate espresso martini. I know because I'm looking at a picture of the two of us at that very moment, (laughs) (laughs) which I keep by my desk because she's such an inspiration and a beautiful soul, my sister, Kathy. So I was telling Kathy about my idea to um, start this, you know, business, hobby, I don't know what, but I loved the whole SheCar thought. And I happened to have found that SheCar.com was available, which is really kind of shocking that something so simple with six letters was still, I had to actually make an offer. I did have to pay $300 for SheCar.com, which is really, again, an accomplishment. Right. Anyway, I was telling Kathy about about it and, and I was telling her since undertaking this thought, you know, once you think something, oftentimes all this information will start flowing to you. It's that law of attraction. Mm -hmm. So I started hearing a lot of horror stories about people who were, you know, taken advantage of in their car buying experience. You know, mostly people who could least afford to be taken advantage of. And there's some really bad stories out there and people have had some really poor experiences and there's no excuse for it. Anyway, on the second martini... (laughs) Kathy said, you know, I really like that she car idea, but I think we should call it, put an E at the end of that and call it she care, make it a charity and actually help the people that you were just describing. Wow. And that was the eureka moment. Literally right then and there is when I thought, okay, she is so onto something and it feels right. You know, when you have an idea or a thought or conversation and you just, you feel it down to your core. Yes. And that's how it felt. And then I was, in hindsight, SheCar.com was available. And all the stars began aligning. And um, I was able to, you know, we got SheCare incorporated. We've got our 501c3 status. And since then, we are now on, you know, Amazon Smile um, and uh, Google's uh Benivity, I think it's called, is the matching giving program. So we are really able to, we're going to soon be launching, you know, events and fundraising and do more. But we've, you know, I will say we've already been able to give or assist with four people who would otherwise not have a vehicle and still be in harm's way. So we're quite proud of that. And Athena, how do you find these women? What's your process for finding them? Uh, You know, they, they, they find me. They find me. So we had a situation. The first car we gave away was a client was uh, bought, it, bought a new uh, she car, and he wanted to donate his car. And he was affiliated with a homeless shelter. So the homeless shelter, we connected with the homeless shelter. We, uh, we have an application process that requires that the applicant be already on some level of public assistance, which helps to 
kind of qualify and vet them. Mm -hmm. And then we have a third party that will go over those applications. I've had two of the cars were women who called me and said, I got your number. I did a quick Google search for women helping women buy cars and I'm going to be homeless in in about a week and I need a van that will fit a mattress. Wow. Two of the women I've been able to help in that regard. And that was my most um, treasured experience so far. That's so wonderful. And I Mm -hmm. just see it exploding from there for sure. We're going to go into our last break and I'll be back with Athena State and the founder and CEO of SheCar. And stay with us for our watch team. Coming up next is our Coach's Corner podcast, which is a shorter version of our weekly show and can be heard wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm BJ Gray with this week's Coach's Corner. I love this notion of having a toolkit of skills to help you cope at work. Dealing with a project that is stressful is completely different from dealing with conflict with a colleague. The project creates an external stress, but conflict with the coworker brings up an internal drama, which is more debilitating and more distracting. The most common distractions are blaming that person and feeling misunderstood. And if you're going to be able to get to a place to resolve the conflict, you'll have to have three things. One, being able to release judgment. Two, being open to different perspectives. And three, know that both of you are in it for the same reason, the same goal for the company. The one tool I use with my clients to be successful in these three areas is thought management. When you develop the skill to manage your thoughts and understand that thoughts are choices, you're able to resolve any conflict. Navigating a workplace relationship is more important than anything else you'll do in your job. And you need a toolkit of skills in order to not only preserve that relationship, but perform at your best. Thanks for listening to this edition of Coach's Corner. Connect with me directly on LinkedIn or at bjgray.com. Until next time, I'm BJ from Coach's Corner. Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to my interview with Athena Staten. Um, Athena, I don't think I can interview you and not talk about COVID and the car industry. And uh, what? Tell yes. me what's been the greatest challenge. I mean, what a what a you know industry to go from where you were and how you were operating to all of a sudden you know everything's online, which actually is a big part of your business. So, well, so the thing about Shikar is it launched just before COVID. So I don't have a lot of information to track how it was supposed to be. Mm, so right. it's interesting that when COVID hit, people would say, oh, it's, um, you know, it's so great that we don't have to go to a dealership and we can do a touch-free delivery. So it wasn't really unique to me. And what was interesting is that even prior to that, I had very little resistance about you know, buying a car without test driving. And because, you know, we offer guarantees on the cars, but nonetheless, people are kind of, are accustomed to touching and feeling. So, and are they used cars, Athena or new? Yes. Yes. yes they're all used. Are, some are slightly, yeah, I've sold, I sold one car. It had 35 miles on it. It was part of a, it was a 2018 with only 35 miles on it. I sold it in 2020, but wow. the car uh, was part of a fleet order that hadn't been fulfilled. So technically it was used even though it was never titled. Because it was never titled, it's in service date was 2020. So it was a two or three year old car that had a brand new warranty. 
Wow. So yeah. that car would still be covered for three years or 36,000 miles, even though it was a 2018. Right. So, um, but I know I'm not doing a great job answering your question because it's really so interesting. So not only does Shikar, is Shikar new enough that, you know, I don't have the track to say how COVID impact my business. I think it impacted the buyer to propel into my vision easier. I never really had to convince people that this was the way to do it. It just became the way to do it. So for instance, the client I delivered to this morning, it just, it just, the flow was oddly natural. Hmm. The impact we have now, and you're reading about it all over the news, is the results of COVID. So during COVID was a, a, a wildly crazy time. If you look at a chart on car values from Mar- late March to early April, values plummeted. So whoever bought a car 2020 in March to April got a really good deal on a car. Then they have values leveled up. Now, even though we're coming out of COVID, God willing, we have that inventory problem because during those dips, there was a lot of people like uh, rent-a-car companies were selling off inventory. Now, there's a lack of inventory due to the chip shortage and other supply chain issues. So it's a crazy ride in the business right now. I, you it's, know, it's there's lack of inventory and all kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. People, everyone is fixing up their homes, can't get, you know, um, anything that they need yeah. for that. And yeah, it's interesting. But, you know, when I think of you, and first of all, it takes a lot of guts to start a company like that. And Thank I you. wanted to ask you, what is what are you most proud of when you look back over your life and and what your aspirations were when you were young and and what you're doing today. Tell me what you're most proud of and what has been the greatest challenge personally, something that you continually work on. Okay, proudest moment was when my son, who is 27, he's a financial analyst here in Orlando, he I, I, I'm going to share with you my favorite quote. It's an Elon Musk quote. He says, Start, running a startup is like gazing into the abyss and chewing glass. You'll never stop gazing, but you'll always be chewing. <laughs> and I said to my son, is it weird that that motivates me? So that's that conversation. A few weeks later, I complained. I said, oh my gosh, you know, this is just so hard and I don't know if I'm doing the right path. And he goes, mom, don't you chip a tooth on that glass. Oh, that wow. was my proudest moment because I just, you know, for my child to turn around now, I've spent my entire life encouraging my two boys, Ryan and Evan, for them to turn around and promote me and say, no, you're on the right path. Another time, my son, Evan, I texted him. I said, oh, what a day. And he said, mom, you keep going. Wow. A hundred percent. So those are my proudest moments. I, I meant to share this quote that something you said um, earlier. You said, don't ever compromise or be talked out of something you don't want. And I know that was that was in reference to, you know, trying to inspire women right in their car buying. But I think it's a great life lesson. Right. Absolutely. Don't ever it's compromise. So true. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm, I'm sorry we're at the end of the show. It's always too fast, but I'm so grateful that you came on and um, we will be sharing, you know, information for our listeners so they can find you and have a enjoyable car buying experience rather than the typical <laughs> scary it's, one. 
I thank you so much, Sue. What a great pleasure. Thank you. That is it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thanks so much for being with me. And stay tuned next week for my interview with Mitch Shepard. She's the CEO of Human Inc. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.